0: Hello, and welcome to Enterprise Endpoint Experts Podcast, or as we call it, E-Cubed, you know, just to be slightly pretentious. Today, we're going to be talking about the new features in SCCM 1702, as well as the Cyerson Configuration Manager portal. I'm your host, Bill Burnett, and with me today is Wally Mead, a renowned global expert on Systems Center Configuration Manager. Hey, Wally. Hey, Bill. So your current position uh, is with Cyerson and you are a principal program analyst, correct? Principal program manager. Principal program manager, thank you. Um, And additionally, uh, a lot of people don't know this about you, you starred in Top Gun as Tom Cruise's commanding officer in the 1986 hit film, is that right?
1: No, that's not correct.
0: That's what I understand. And you know what I loved about that was when you said, son, your ego's writing checks, your body can't cash. That was great. That was a great line, but it wasn't me. It wasn't in the film. Yeah, you're very humble. So let's talk about the technology here. Um, You're at Syerson, Mm -hmm. and your role as principal program manager is to sort of stay on top of what's going on in the world of Configuration Manager Mm -hmm. and then educate people about that and then bring that feedback back into Cyrus. Is that more or less it?
1: That's exactly it. So I try and stay up to date on Config Manager so I can go to do webinars, do conferences, do user groups and talk about Configuration Manager, take some of the feedback I get back from attendees, customers back to help generate products at Cyrus and that we think can help better their Configuration Manager experiences.
0: And you, before that, you worked at Microsoft for uh, a couple years, is that right? A couple times 11, so 22 years. (laughs) 22 years. And you were there during the birth of uh, SCCM or SMS as it was then, Mm -hmm. is that right? And what was your role in that?
1: Yeah, back in those days, I was uh, in the training group, what we used to call Microsoft University, and I was writing training materials, and I came back from Christmas break in January of 1994, and was told I was going to work on a product called Hermes, and I didn't know what that was, and it was the code name for SMS 1.0. So it was there from the birth of SMS 1.0, essentially up through when I left was Configman 2012 R2, I think.
0: Wow. So when you guys were working on it, did you have any idea this was just going to become a massive industry?
1: No, I had no thoughts at all. It was a really small little product back then, a very small product team and product group. And it's essentially just blown up over the years as far as the uptake of it and the vast number of customers and desktops and laptops licenses that are out there being managed by configuration manager. It's fantastic to see. Right,
0: right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're a runner as well, right? So um,
1: I do occasionally, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you, yes, I, we were, I, I forget where it was. Oh, Ignite. I think you were running around. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, how, how many miles a week would you say you run?
1: Uh, it depends on good weather days. I'll, I used to go up about four miles at a time and I'll get in and Summer, when it's nice, four to five runs a week. Um, In the middle of winter here in Seattle, it might be one or two times a week. Uh Um, And then in in the softball season, which is starting up, I'll take a couple days off to do softball because I get tired with that.
0: Okay, nice. So, yeah, that's a lot more. I don't run at all. I do row now because I can, wa- I can watch TV while rowing.
1: <laughs> I need a treadmill in my house so I can watch TV while I'm running. That'd be a good idea, so yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not safe while you're actually running. Although, I guess with Google Glass, you could.
1: Yeah, I, I pay attention to traffic conditions. That's
0: probably wise. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the TP1702. Um, since the actual software isn't out, we're talking about what you predict is gonna be in it based on what you've seen in the technical preview releases. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, that's good. Um, so since
1: the product released in December of 2015, there's been an additional three production updates 1602, 1606 and 1610. Um, and those all come out generally about a month and a half after the month when they're designated like 1610 was October of last year, so it came out in the middle of November. So same thing we're expecting this year with 1702, which would be the next production release. Mm-hmm. We're expecting it in the next week or so. Um, what the product group does is they take the internal bill, they test it locally, then they roll it out to MSIT, which is hundreds of thousands of clients. Then they give it to TAP customers who test it out in their production environments. Because okay. as you know, everybody's environment is different and unique. So it gives a lot more test coverage and gets more feedback back on specific issues from everybody else. So once TAP customers have signed off on it, then it goes to general availability for the general public to get access to. Okay. So that's what we're expecting here in the next, Week or Next so. week
0: or so. So there's not a timing dependency on the creator's update for Windows, but there is kind of a dependency uh, in terms of there may be some hooks or they're built kind of in concert.
1: Yeah, they do. The product group for Config Manager does watch the Windows releases and what they're doing with it. And if there's a new major Windows release coming out, they want to make sure they can support that or a new build of the ADK or something like that. They want to make sure they can accommodate that or express updates want to accommodate those features. But they do watch that, but other than that, they try and maintain their own cycle of every, about every four months.
0: Okay, great. Let's take a look.
1: So, yeah, so we don't know exactly when the product comes out, and since it's not out yet, we don't know exactly what the features are, but we can talk about the technical previews, which there's been a number of them since this last production mm-hmm. update, 1610. So we can talk about those, and those are to give you a glimpse of what's going to come up. So technical previews are actually a different environment you would install that is very restricted, it can only handle 10 clients and specific operating systems and a very small site, but it's there to let you as a customer or organization, look at what Microsoft's looking at or potentially planning on putting in the next production update. Yeah. And they come out on a monthly basis. So whereas production updates are every four months, technical previews are on a monthly basis. So every month you're getting a new update of things that could go into the next release. Okay, So that's what we'll talk about here. So we'll look at starting with 16.11, is the first tech preview that came out after obviously 16.10 tech um, production release. So one of the coolest things that they added there, which the only thing in 16.11 actually was, now in an upgrade operating system deployment task sequence, you can have it pre cache the available software that's been targeted to that end user. So the scenario is you're gonna upgrade from Windows 7 to Windows 10, and with that you're gonna get half dozen applications targeted mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Well, once you get your laptop upgraded you don't want to wait for all the download of that software so in this upgrade operating system pre-caching scenario you can add this content to this process so as you're deploying out that new operating system image it'll cache that content in your cache already mm-hmm. so that when you log in the cache is already filled up you just have to run the deployment and then and the stuff's already super there snappy. so instant
0: the, And that's the in-place upgrade scenario only, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Yeah, there's some limitations
1: with it right now in the tech preview, trying to figure out how well it works, and then they'll expand it out to more scenarios going forward. Okay. Now in 1612, they added a few more things. One of the cool things was a data warehouse service point. Mm -hmm. So Config Manager automatically ages out or removes old data, just to keep the database small.
0: Okay, But sometimes
1: people want to keep their data for longer periods of time to do historical reporting. So this is a new site system role that would let you archive off specific replication groups, as they call them, mm-hmm. tables from the database into this data warehouse service point so that you can run reporting on it. And they have a different set of reports that look at the data warehouse versus the normal reporting system. Okay, great.
0: That's especially great for inventory data. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. Inventory, content library, cleanup tools, if you have orphan content on your distribution points, can help identify that. And you mm-hmm. can run, a different, run it again with a switch of delete to remove that orphan content. Okay. to help clean things up. A bunch of changes to in-console searches to help it remember what your, your search criteria was when you move between pages. Um, it, rem- it shows you your path now. If you do a global search, it would just say, I found this, but it wouldn't tell you where it was. Yeah. Now it tells you what what workspace or what page to go to, what node to f- find that data. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability now to prevent applications from installing or running if it finds a known incompatible program. For example, you could say, I can't run this Application deployment type if Notepad's running. So it can be a blocker to prevent the application from running because I know it has conflicts. Okay, great, so, great. Um, the ability of deploying available apps from the Windows Store for Business and also notifying end users through Windows Hello for Business if they need some additional actions to be taken part of. Okay. Another cool thing is Windows 10 1607 Express updates. As you know, with Windows 10, their cumulative updates on a monthly basis are getting really big.
0: Yeah, that's huge. That's got everybody worried and trying to strategize, how are we going to deal with this on our ongoing maintenance?
1: Right. So with the new Windows 10 versions, they have Express updates um, capable, and the ConfigMan infrastructure now is going to be able to support just downloading the deltas between the previous cumulative update that's already been downloaded and this next Express update. So saving network traffic.
0: That's great. Yeah. yeah, everybody's been eagerly anticipating the arrival of that yeah, in yeah. SCCM. So it's, it's yeah, it's coming.
1: Um, again, tech preview, so hopefully it'll make it in the in 1702. Right, no guarantee anything right, right. in
0: tech preview shows up um, in the GA.
1: The ability of doing OData endpoint and through RESTful integration, um, be able to restart a task sequence. So I'm in a uh, WinPE mode, I go to my ta- list of task sequences, pick one, and it fails. I can now go to the previous page, which might let me restart a different task sequence without having to kill everything and reboot everything start all over again.
0: Okay, nice.
1: Yeah. And now some integration, onboarding between Azure Active Directory and um, Configuration Manager Cloud Services, such as their new Cloud Cloud Management Gateway. Okay, now in 1701, they added a bunch of new things. One of the things that people are really going to be excited about is today you can already bind your management point and distribution points to bandwidth groups, but software update points aren't. Mm-hmm. So this kind of a random selection unless you go to the registry or use a, glu- a group policy to set the location. Uh-huh. Now you're going to be able to put your software update points inside boundary groups. Nice. So that'll help take away one of the last barriers or reasons that people have to deploy secondary sites. So that's going to be a big one. Um, hardware inventory by default. Now we'll collect UEFI startup status. So that's inventory data already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to host software update packages on cloud distribution points, which is really useful for third-party update packages.
0: Okay, great,
1: great. Um, You can use your management point for validation of device health attestation data, whereas before you had to use the cloud service for that. Uh, There's a OMS connector for the Microsoft Azure Government Cloud, Mm -hmm. um, which is useful. And easier of targeting of Android and iOS platforms now, you can just target the kind of the operating system as opposed to the individual versions of it.
0: Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, so, it, so that's pretty significantly improved.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, a lot of things in OSD that I've to be useful for you guys. You can increase your application limit from 9 to 99 in a single task sequence step. Wow. So that's a cool thing. You can, When you're adding software, you can multi-select software. So instead of adding one by one, you can multi-select multiple and add them in a the single step. Nice. You can set expiration on standalone media. So you can say this media is no longer valid as of March 31st of this year, so it can't be used by anybody else. Mm-hmm. You can also add new content types, to your standalone media, so more support there. Timeout that's configurable and auto-apply device driver step, very useful. Uh, one thing people really like is in task sequence steps now, they display the package ID instead of just the package name. Because some people like to track the package IDs, they know them better than names are no always mm-hmm. as accurate. So. Okay. Um, they track Windows 10 ADK versions now, and they'll only let you modify boot images for the 80k version that you have installed. So 1607 boot image if you have 1607 80k from Windows 10. Okay. Um, that's kind of a cool thing. And then lastly is you can't change the default um, source path of your default boot images. So.
0: Okay, great.
1: All right, the last or most recent technical preview is 1702. They've actually added a lot of cool things in that one. And again, hopefully we'll see a lot of these in the coming up in the um, 1702 production update. So that's kind of confusing for people, the same numbers, 1702 TP versus 1702 production, and no, they're not the same, but. Um, so one of the things is from the inside the console, if when you're playing with the technical preview, you can right click and say send feedback. So when you're looking at a feature, looking at a node, whatever it is, you can do a right click, send feedback directly from there.
0: So you're actually typing in like, I like this, I don't like this, or right. why don't you do
1: this? Yep, yep, nice, and nice. then it goes directly up to the product group from there, so awesome so yeah they cool. have
0: been really great about figuring out what do people want and incorporate it's really impressive to watch how that's Microsoft really the power of the technical previews
1: yeah yeah is yeah. that it gives you that ability of looking and providing feedback and then they very much do listen to that feedback so yeah the more people yeah. use it the better the products to wind up being that's awesome so, yeah one of the cool things that i know a lot of people have complained about over the years is that the updates and servicing feature downloads everything so if you were at 1511 the original release and then you did an updates and servicing, it's going to download 16.02 and 16.06 and 16.10. Mm-hmm. And you don't care about 16.02 and 16.06, you just want 16.10. Right, right. But it would download them anyway. So that's multiple gigabytes that got downloaded and stuffed in your hard drive. Now, as of Tech Preview 17.02, it's only going to download the most current, the most recent available okay. update and right, skip the right, intermediate right. ones. Now, some people do want to go back. there. There's a few you can tell to go back and download the interim ones if you want to. Okay. But most people are just going to want the latest and greatest. Nice. So
0: that'll yeah. just make it easier, faster to upgrade.
1: Right. Plus, it's now going to go clean up your history on the hard drive. So you, it would ex, when it download those, it would expand them out into this full directory structure that would keep all those. So chewing up your site server's hard drive. So it's going to clean that up now.
0: Nice, a little intelligence there.
1: Yep, yep. Um, some discovery and management of a- Azure Active Directory domain services, resources, users, and groups, and, and devices. You can find those conditional access for supporting non-compliant applications um, for your in a compliance check. So you can now say that, hey, if I find this app on this computer, that's not an authorized app. He's non-compliant, so now he can't get access to corporate email. Okay. So kind of a cool thing.
0: Yeah, that's actually pretty significant, right? Yeah. And that was previously cloud-based only. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I see I have a typo on this one, but um, you're in, and, um, if you're using System Center Endpoint Protection, so which is the Windows Defender engine. Mm-hmm. And you can now set an alert if you have more than 20% of your clients running an old engine version. Not necessarily the definition, but the old engine itself hasn't been updated. I see. Okay. And, and so it's out of date. So you can set an alert that would fire off in the console and you know, hey, you got too many clients are out of date here.
0: Okay. That 20% is configurable though, right? Um, they've only talked about 20%. So okay. I think right
1: now it's hard coded at 20. Roger that. Yeah. Um, you can create comp- compliance policies for Windows Update for Business. Um, assessment. So whether you got it properly configured, do that. The ability, a lot of things in OSD, which are very cool, ability of configuring t- all task sequences is high risk. So, you know, in operating system deployment, whenever you did a OSD task sequence, and you went to required, it said, Hey, this is it could be a high risk one, and mm-hmm. it would block out some of your your default collections and limit to what collections you go to. Okay, now you can do that for all task sequences, even outside of OSD. So you can say this is a high-risk task sequence, just some of the properties of it, and then it would block out like the all systems collection and, <clears> and some of the other collection might have servers in it and so on.
0: Nice. Just to avoid the scenario where you bring down an entire organization. It might have happened before. <laughs> Which may have happened yeah, it may have happened once or twice,
1: yeah. Um in your task sequences, now you can display custom messages. So you can now you can say this task sequence is going to do this, and you can even designate Here's how much the download is going to be. It's going to be 10 gigabytes of download space. We expect to take an hour and a half to run. Mm -hmm. You can put those that will now display those messages, that timing, the download impact to the end user when they try and run that task sequence. Make them a little more informative of what's going on. Okay, great. Um, And when that, I talked about that blocking of applications when programs are running scenario. They made some enhancements in that, so now if it's an available app, you can prompt the user saying, If you want to continue, close this application. And they can close and then continue on with that application. If it's required, you can set it to automatically close that blocking app if you want to, Mm -hmm. the blocking program. A couple more things real quick. Um, A lot of new compliance settings for iOS devices, so just a ton of stuff in there. You can bind a Google account to your um, Android for work scenarios to get you some more capabilities. Mm -hmm. And lastly is the ability of creating PFX certificate profiles that you can deploy to users that have S-MIME capabilities on them attributes on it so that's really yes yeah, so that's what we see in the last few technical previews we don't know which of those features gonna make production we hope a lot of them obviously right yeah <laughs> um, but the, the goal there is to see what's coming so that you can play with tech previews to find out and provide feedback so that feedback as you're saying earlier helps the product group listen to what's there what's good what needs to be worked on more before they put it in production release absolutely So you want to make sure you stay up to date on your configuration manager current branch version and highly recommend that you have a tech preview site so you can play around and provide that feedback back to the product group.
0: Okay, that's fantastic. So okay. let's, um, let's go ahead and talk about now the uh, Con- Cyrusen Configuration Manager Portal. I don't think I have the exact official name, right? Um, yeah, the
1: official name is the Cyrusen Portal for Configuration Manager. It's yes. the long name for it. <laughs>
0: and that's why I didn't yeah. say it. I Everybody just, just
1: calls <laughs> it the Configuration <laughs> Manager Portal. Right, um, and, and the is, long name...
0: Is to fit in with your, your, the way you have suite of products, and you, right. you sort of have that same prefix on a group of them.
1: Correct, because we have a Cyrus and Portal for Service Manager um, that gives you an end-user experience, a self-service portal, as well as the analyst experience to manage the incident requests and everything else coming from end-users from the self-service side of the house. So that's the Cyrus and Portal for Service Manager. Now we have the Cyrus and Portal for Configuration Manager. And so what is it? What does it do? So the, the concept behind the Cyrus and Portal for Configuration Manager is that you're very well aware of the Configuration Manager console. It's huge, got a lot of capabilities, you can do a lot with it, but let's say I don't need to have all those capabilities. I have to spend a lot of time going in there and tuning it down, restricting it with security rights and so mm-hmm. on. Um, this will be a, a web-based interface, so you're not tied to being on your laptop or desktop where you have it installed. Wow, that sounds great. Is it mobile as well? In the first release, it won't be mobile-aware. Um, it'll okay. be Windows desktops and browsers scenario, but it's in our roadmap to make it mobile So aware. you will
0: be mobile. Yes. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but I'm curious, what, what, what phone do you use? Are you iOS, Android, Windows phone? For the longest time, I was Windows, Uh huh. but
1: my Windows phone was dying at the end of last year. So when I was eligible for upgrade, I just moved to a Google Pixel.
0: Oh, nice! I, I didn't yeah, really care, but it phone.
1: really has helped with the app availability <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, it was highly recommended to me from a trusted source, so I went yeah. the Pixel.
0: Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I, I, am in a family of intense phone market watchers, and they're all saying Pixel's the hottest phone right now. Yeah. Okay, so the con- <clears throat> the Saterson Configuration Manager Portal. It's going to provide you a web interface, mm-hmm. which you can't use on your Pixel phone, but you'll be able to in a future release. Nice. And what advantages does it provide over the native SCCM console?
1: Well, outside of the, just the fact that you can be mobile with it, mm-hmm. so I'm not tied to my local configuration manager installation with yeah. the console, um, some of the cool advantages are we've scaled it down for specific users so that you don't have the complexity of like, the training to get your, all your people who want to use it into the um, environment so they can use it effectively. Um, So you don't have to, it's much scaled down, more intuitive, easier to use interface, we think. Um, So you're
0: kind of looking to scale administrative capacity a little bit. People who maybe aren't full-blown SCCM administrators, now you can say you're going to have rights to do this and here's a very simple interface to do it so you can do these things.
1: Correct. So it, it, if you're a full-blown configuration manager admin, where you're managing the infrastructure, adding site systems and doing all that stuff, mm-hmm. you're going to stick in that console because right, you know right, it, you yeah. love it and so on. But for the guys who just help desk scenarios, they don't need the full config man console. Right. Um, your desktop or your server support teams, they don't need the full console to do their job. Um, my app packagers, they don't need the console, they just need to have a interface where they can do their specific job that they need to do. Whether it's help desk, I need to Look at my, um, you call up and have a problem with your computer, and I want to look at your inventory data to see what's going on. Well, you don't know what your computer name is when I ask you, so I can do a UDA lookup, mm-hmm. user to device affinity. So I look up bill, and it tells me what computer bill is looking at. I can then look at your discovery attributes. I can look to see you're healthy, the last time you reported. I can look at the core inventory attributes for a help desk scenario that are important operating system, what's your patch status, mm-hmm. how much free disk space do you have, how much memory do you have. What software is already installed, what services you have running? You don't have to have the full Resource Explorer, which has tons of different attributes that you have to mm-hmm. try and figure out where to go to. So we've scaled that down to give you the high-impact, high-value attributes for a help desk scenario.
0: Okay, fantastic.
1: If you want to deploy software, very easy. You right-click on the computer, right-click on the user, or go to software task sequences, right-click and say deploy software." Mm-hmm. Very, very easy-to-use interface. You can add multiple different pieces of software to a single deployment, which ConfigMan doesn't let you do. You can ha- pick an existing collection, which mm-hmm. is great if you know, but let's say I'm help desk and I don't know what collection to target this to. Right. I can have it create a collection on demand. So I can click oh, a radio right. button, it'll create a collection on demand that'll add my computer or user with that software targeted to that collection automatically.
0: Okay, nice. So nice. very
1: cool. As part of the process of creating and deploying software, the Cyrus and Portal for Configuration Manager, we provide what are called templates. So in the Configuration Manager console, when you run through that process of creating a new package, application, pass sequence, or deploying it, you got to run through the wizard, answer the same questions every single time. It yeah. gets repetitive. And it's prone to mistakes because I forget to select some option. I forget to configure some value that I need mm-hmm. for my specific environment. So right. the next time it doesn't work properly. Okay. With templates, I preset all those values. So when I'm creating my software or deploying my software, I load the template, all those values are set for me automatically. So I might create a template for workstation, my d- desktop team. Mm-hmm. I might create a template for my server applications, for the server team, um, and or my OSD guys. And then I just load the template, and bingo, all those things are done. I just put in my specific, this is my source file, this is the program I want, or the command line, whatever it is. But all the The general stuff I have to do is all taken care of for me automatically.
0: So repetitive tasks, you can do them a lot more quickly. Reducing human
1: error because of the fact that all that stuff is consistently accomplished
0: very, Mm -hmm. very easily. And you guys just have your own database on the SQL Server to manage all this?
1: We do. So all of our custom data, we're going to put in our own database. Mm -hmm. Anything you create like an application, a package, a deployment, a collection, that's going to get pushed back to Config Manager through the SMS provider.
0: So in a supported
1: scenario, but all of our custom stuff, our views our own security system, our templates are all going into our own custom database.
0: Okay, great. So is there anything else you want to note about it before we dive into the demo? Um, It's, again,
1: we've got our own role-based administration, so I can lock it down to help desk versus um, desktop support team, whatever. You can enable Config Manager RBAC if you want. So if I want to use Config Manager's scenario where I've already got my users in Config Manager, Mm -hmm. so they've already got their scopes and they've got their collections and roles installed, Great, I can do that. But if I don't want them in the console at all, I don't have to add them to the Config man console at all. Just use our role-based administration controls okay. to manage what they can do getting into our portal, which then will push stuff through our impersonation account, service account into Config Manager.
0: Okay, fantastic. Well, let's take a look.
1: All right, so here you can see this is the uh, first look at the native... Cyrus and Portal for Configuration Manager. I'm logged on as a full administrator, so I get to see access to everything. So just as a quick highlight for you. Down the left-hand side is your navigation menu. This is where I can go and click on Computers, so I can manage computers. I can manage users. I can manage my software, task sequences. I can look at my deployment status. If I have MDT integration, which we support as well, mm-hmm. I can manage my MDT roles, which are groups of software I want to have deployed to software uh, okay. operating systems when they get installed. I can integrate with configuration management reporting. So I can look at all those different reports. Look at our internal event system. So that's all the new for management. Um, Now at the very bottom there's a new menu which again depending upon your security rights, you'll see those navigation menu icons, appropriate ones. I can create new computers. I can create new software deployments. I can create new software applications or packages. I can create new task sequences, operating system deployment or software task sequences and new MDT roles. And then in the upper right is where I'd have my settings. This is where as a global administrator, I control what Bill can do in my console. What actions do you have access to? Mm-hmm. What nodes, what new, what settings might you have available to you? I create my templates. I create my views of software and so on. I do that through the settings menus. Okay, so just real quickly, if I click on a client, let's say client seven, when you click on one, we give you some basic information up on in the top in the content list down at the bottom is where we have our detailed content details let me see the last time my computer reported in i can look at its health status if it's got an mdt configuration i can see who the primary users are of this computer so i can see wally is the primary user of client seven okay Um, so that's great for the help desk scenario i can look and see what software is already installed on the computer i can look and see what software is already targeted that computer. So you call in with a problem. I don't have my software. Uh, I don't see it listed. It's not deployed. So let me go ahead and deploy that software. So now we just do a right click and I got a lot of right click actions on computer like inventory summary. So if mm-hmm. I want to g- just get that snapshot view of inventory that we talked right, about, right. I can see my, again, last time you reported in what domain he's a member of, what primary users, hardware information, what software's installed, what my patch status is, all from an easy-to-use interface. So not having to filter through all the resource explorer okay. um, information. But I could also then, again, right-click and say Deploy Software. So now I can deploy software. I could reinstall your operating system if you have a broken OS scenario. Okay, well,
0: let's hope it doesn't come to that. Yeah, we hope not. <laughs> but that is pretty powerful that you can yeah. do that right from this interface. User devices. You could authorize a help desk agent to do that.
1: Or maybe you don't want Help Desk to do that, maybe he has to escalate that ticket to the desktop team Mm -hmm. and he does that work. Nice. So you can restrict some of those actions. So one of the other things we can do here, and I won't go through everything obviously, but um, user device affinity. So if I need to look up and see who the user is of a computer or I need to manage those, I can do that directly from the portal as well. Uh, The next couple um, are really cool, cloning. If um, let's say an end user is going to replace their computer, I can clone it, which means I can take all the targeted software Mm -hmm. from Config Manager, and basically add it to a brand new computer. So I'm going to duplicate all the targets from one over to another computer. Nice. Um, or the clear op- option allows me to remove software that's targeted to you. Um, mm-hmm. So remove those deployments. And then lastly is external tools. That allows me to kick off some external capabilities, for, especially for help desk. Maybe I want to ping the computer, see if he's up and running. To launch off a ping and let me know whether that computer's alive or not. So oh, that's why you can't hit it because it's not on the network. And right now yeah, this client's yeah. not on the network. But, okay. Or r- launch off a remote manage tool or kick off a remote desktop connection to the computer. So a lot of cool things there that you can do as well. Same type of actions on users um, as far as the interface goes. I can do filtering. I can search by, um, for example, Help Desk might say, "Hey, I found a problem with this computer after reboot it. So what what user is that going to?" Impact. So I go click on computer name and I search I find client 7 that's the computer and it immediately tells me that Oh Wally's the user. I need to let Wally know we have to reboot his computer at noon Okay, so I have that I can find other attributes out about the users and deploy software to them wow. And obviously create new applications packages task sequences. I can look at deployment status So just like you can in the config man console, but it's all for one screen. So I can go in here I can click on my my status I can click on the software, I can click on the collection or the specific um, at number of clients in that state and it'll bring me into a different view to see what the current status is, who's in that boat. Mm-hmm. So okay. very, very nice. So, wow. um Lastly, let me just show you the templates because that's one of the things that we talked about. Let me go back to a computer and I'll take my client 7, let's do a deploy software. And we'll just go ahead and take a piece of software like the ConfigMan Toolkit. We'll add that in, now it asks me my collections. If I don't know what collection I want, I go ahead and tell it to create a collection on demand, which is cool. Depends on what role I am. I'll show me my resources, I see computers, I see uh, whatever's appropriate for me. In this case, I was on a computer, so it won't let me see my users okay. or groups, you can't mix those type of results. Mm-hmm. It already knows I want to deploy to client seven. But now, let me go to the, the deployment screen, and now I can load a template. So watch what happens when I load my workstation deployment template. You'll see that it automatically selects require administrator approval. Uh-huh. On the user <coughs> experience tab, it doesn't have software installation, ignoring maintenance windows. Um, now, let me go ahead and change to my server application. And you'll see that might change some things, like the pre deploy is gone. Or um, I have different settings. Notice now it's required settings, as right. opposed to available.
0: And those so this, templates are, are restricted based on access, right? So not yes. everybody
1: gets all the templates. Correct. So I have templates for deploying software, packages, applications, task sequences, as well as for creating packages. So they automatically select the distribution points for a workstation team versus the DPs for the server team and different settings. That's fantastic. But yeah, I can use the role-based administration to lock down who can, who can do what in that scenario. So, so yeah, um, that's a quick look at it. Let me go ahead and do, I can do one more thing for you, mm-hmm. which is let me move that control out of the way. I'll start a new browser session, just real quickly as a different user, and just show you the role-based administration, how it's locked down. Let me go to my help desk guy. So this should be my help desk persona. And you see that he only sees client computers, doesn't see servers at all, because uh-huh. that got him restricted. He doesn't have the capability of looking at reports or task sequences or MDT roles or deployment status. He doesn't have the new button, or he doesn't have settings. So mm-hmm. all he can do is, do some basic management of computers, management of users, and looking at software, but he can't create new stuff. So you can lock that down to the roles that you want, those personas, so that you have a very easy to use interface, mobile for them, and then when they do have actions, you can have templates for the software creation and delivery aspects.
0: Okay, okay, that's fantastic. So where can people get more information about this? So
1: the place to go would be our website, Cyruson.com. I'm shocked. And Yeah, yeah, you're shocked. <laughs> and I'm sure front and center on there is get more information on the Cyrisson mm-hmm. portal for Configuration Manager. Um, you, can, you can request you, a full demo <clears throat> of it from there.
0: And you guys have a series of webinars coming out yeah. as well, depending on when people listen to this ca- podcast. product was released on March 13th. Correct. And you have some webinars going on for the next few weeks. Is that right?
1: Correct. Um, I did one Tuesday. Uh, we did one yesterday and today. Uh, there's more next week and the week after, so you can find out about, out about those from that website. Um, you can also request a demo from any of our team members as well.
0: Okay, great, great. And uh, I think I think that's it. Thank you so much for talking with us, Well, You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me, Bill. This has been the e- <laughs> e- E-Cubed podcast from Adaptiva. And you can get the podcast as well as the video of this with demos will be up shortly. Also, both on adaptiva.com in the SCCM Academy. Thanks a lot for joining us. All right. Thank you, Bill. Bye, Willie.
1: Bye, everyone.